0: This is Vandana Shiva, and you're listening to the Enviro Show on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM Northampton, streaming at www.valleyfreeradio.org.
1: Remember, listen to your mother. The Enviro Show thanks River Valley Co-op, Northampton's locally grown food co-op, located at 330 North King Street and at 228 Northampton Street in East Hampton. The co-op specializes in fresh, local, and organically grown foods, from produce and cheese to fresh meats and locally baked goods. Everyone is welcome. Open 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. The Enviro Show thanks River Valley Co-op for their support.
0: Do you find yourself longing for the apocalypse? I did. I was looking for a reason to live. Hi. Are you feeling tired? Irritable, stressed
1: out, well, you might consider nature.
2: From the people that brought you getting outside comes prescription strength nature, a non-harmful medication shown to relieve the crippling symptoms of modern life.
0: Nature's recommended for humans of all ages, and it's great for pets too.
2: Nature can reduce cynicism, meaninglessness, anal retentiveness, and murderous rage. In clinical studies, nature is proven to decrease work-induced catatonia.
0: Caution. Nature may cause you to slow down, quit your job, or seriously consider what the f*** you're doing with your life.
2: If you are overly cynical, jaded, or emotionally numb, you may need to increase your dose of nature. Do you have trouble being even mildly uncomfortable? Nature may not be right for you. Side effects may include spontaneous euphoria, taking yourself less seriously, and being in a good mood for no apparent reason.
0: So ask your doctor
1: if nature is right for you. Now, literally from across the valley and around the world, it's the Enviro Show on WXOJLP 103.3 FM, Valley Free Radio, Northampton. Greetings, Earthlings. It's a climate defiance enviro show. I'm one of your hosts, Dio, and I'm not in the studio with This is Glenn Ayers. Right, listeners. And as you may know, the environment Show was founded by two Earth First Malcontents long ago. And now and then you may have heard us go on and on about the importance of direct action in the struggle to literally save the planet. So sometimes we may even grumble about the need for such actions now at this critical time in the Earth's history. Well, enter Climate Defiance, a kick-ass group of younger activists whose motto is, we are young, we are livid, we are no longer willing to be disposable. And Martin Giannetti of the Climate Defiance will join us. He's a Boston rep. And he will join us shortly to bring it all home. And as always, we will also bring you along to meet this week's Fall Hill and those whose brains were small, as well as some potential abiding with Biden and more. But first, it's time for... Revenge of the Critters, Octopus Remembers, Bothersome Human. Occasionally, an octopus takes a dislike to someone. One at the aquarium, Truman by name, felt this way about a female volunteer. Using his funnel to siphon near the side of the head used to jet through water, Truman would shoot a soaking stream of salt water at this young woman whenever he got a chance. Later, she quit her volunteer position for college, but when she returned to visit several months later, Truman, who hadn't squirted anyone in the meanwhile, took one look at her and instantly soaked her again. Revenge of the critters! Yes, octopuses are so intelligent. (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's, a, that's a good one. I mean, no one was harmed. No no animals were harmed in that episode, which is great. <laughs>
1: no animals were harmed in this episode, just like in Hollywood.
3: Ah, fool on the Hill. And nobody seems to like him. The fool on the Hill.
1: Nah, this week's Fool on the Hill is Republican Timothy Lee Wahlberg, serving as U.S. rep. From Michigan's 5th Congressional District since 2023. Last fall, Wahlberg gave a keynote speech at the National Prayer Breakfast in Uganda at the invitation of Ugandan legislator David Bahati. And Wahlberg's trip to Uganda was paid for by the Fellowship. <laughs> it's the fellowship, since so speaking of Hollywood, a sketchy far-right Christian operation. Quote, during his speech, Wahlberg urged Uganda to stand firm against international pressure to change you, apparently referencing sanctions by the U.S. government against Uganda over the recently enacted Anti-Homosexuality Act of 2023, which prescribes lengthy prison sentences and in certain instances, the death penalty for homosexual activities Close well, quote. So much for Blessed Are the Peacemakers, Glenn.
3: Woo. Yeah, I guess that is pretty far right Christian, isn't it?
1: Yeah, they, they're also called, besides the fellowship, some other name like the family. That's it. They're the family. Well, let's see if we're a Biden with Biden. Wanted man in Sacramento. Wanted man in Little Cheyenne, wherever you may look tonight, you may see this
3: wanted man.
1: Okay, so we're abiding with Biden on the economy. And last week, when we read there will be a temporary pause on pending decisions of liquid natural gas exports, with the exception of unanticipated and immediate national security emergencies, But then we read this from Grist. The Department of Energy announced on Friday that it would pause approvals for new LNG exports for several months. Does that sound familiar, Glenn? While it reviews how to regulate them, the administration will develop a new approach over the coming year that will foreground the potential climate impacts of exporting natural gas. Suspending approvals in the meantime. The decision doesn't affect active terminals. Close quote. So go to the blog, click on the link for this. That's Show without the W, dot And some high-profile enviros, they all spoke up about it. Most of them, you know, falling all over each other to praise it. I'm not sure if anyone said anything about it you know, firing up the base in an election year. So here on the show, we'll reserve judgment, given that there's been eh, some backsliding by Biden in the past. What do you say, Glenn?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to say that it's a maybe it's a good start, uh, but actually it's a no-brainer, because why would they be approving things without considering the climate impact to begin with? You know, these are policies that needed to be changed many, many years ago, let's say. And I'm assuming that they're going to be doing a small kind of small focus review rather than looking at the big picture. And of course, the big picture is that we need to rapidly begin a rapid transition away from all fossil fuel burning. And that's something that they're not talking about, but it is, you know, it's easier for them to talk about looking at new facilities. We need to dismantle the existing natural gas export facilities, and we need to stop fracking and drilling and burning, period.
1: Period. Stop. End of sentence. Ah. How about let's move on to it. their brains are small.
4: They were big, dumb, and slow. They couldn't go with the flow. Their, their brains, brains were small and they died.
1: So as for their brains were small and they died, it appears the corporados at Monsanto took a massive hit in court. Bayer AG's Monsanto unit was ordered by a Pennsylvania jury to pay more than billion to a former Roundup user who blamed his cancer on the weed killer in the largest verdict so far in five years of litigation over the herbicide. So we'll see what happens in the inevitable, you know, appeal. But those dinosaurs, I don't know when their brains are small. What do you think? They deserved the worst. I agree. Mm. Okay. <laughs> On the ups- upside, yeah, more upscale, Environmental Show quarter of the week. We we so our Enviro Show quarter of the week is most appropriate for the present time. We think quote, Our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, close quote. And that was Dr. Martin Luther King. And two words may have never been spoken.
3: Yeah, I I agree with that as well. And we're in agreement on this show. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that sentiment really gets into kind of the, the interview in that the idea that, you don't ever lose until you give up. And so the key thing is persistence. We need persistence and we need to be attracting more people to, you know, the climate movement. And we should realize that we will never give up. You know, this is something that, well as i think as martin will uh, remind us it is uh it's essential you know that we persist and that we do whatever we can but we'll get to that right
1: but before we move on to our interview with with our martin martin from Climate defiance. Let's remind anyone listening who didn't know already it's the climate crisis, stupid. okay well, here's an excerpt from a recent post on inside climate news quote "Groundwater has long acted as a climate buffer, providing a source of fresh water for communities with unreliable rainfall. But human activity has unleashed a feedback loop that is placing this crucial resource at risk." Decades of uncontrolled combustion of fossil fuels has caused more frequent and severe droughts, which in turn has led to increased reliance on groundwater, close quote. And the article references a recent study in Nature, go to the blog on the link for this, and that states in part, critically, we also show that groundwater level declines have accelerated over the past four decades in 30% of the world's regional aquifers. This widespread acceleration in groundwater level deepening highlights an urgent need for more effective measures to address groundwater depletion." "Quotes quote. And this, here's a headline that should garner some attention. Speaking of climate change, hang on to your hats. Climate change has killed 4 million people since 2000, and that's an underestimate. There it is. Obviously, it also overlooks all the critters that have died during that process. And that's called the sixth mass extinction. And it's worse than predicted when Elizabeth Colbert first appeared on this show back in 2014. So
3: there's the bad news,
1: (laughs) Can we move on to some good news now?
3: Hmm. Uh well, if you felt like that was bad news and you're feeling despair,
1: yes, a little despair.
3: Yeah, then yeah. of course the antidote to that is what is action. There it is. So yeah, so uh, we're going to be talking about that in the interview with Martin about taking action and how to get involved in disobedience, I guess. Okay, Airflings,
1: we have with us, thankfully, Martin Giannetti from Climate Defiance. And I think it was last summer, I happened upon an action they did out in, I think it was Nantucket. And these folks, they caused quite a stir. They were sort of interrupting a fundraiser for Governor Healy. And uh, it struck a chord with with me and I'm sure it does with Glenn because we're all earth firsters and direct action was our thing for for many a decade. So Martin, welcome to the Enviro Show and why don't you do a brief intro and you know what you do and, and who you are and then let's get into the action. Amazing. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I'm Martin Giannetti.
0: I'm 21. I use they them pronouns. Um, And last year I dropped out of school um, to fight for my future because we really, um, as everyone who is listening um, to this great podcast knows, we really don't have any time and millions of lives are on the line. So I dropped out of school after organizing for divestment for one year, and uh, knowing that the engineering degree that I was pursuing wasn't gonna do anything because we already have the technology that will save us, and um, we really need social and and political will um, to implement it. Um, And I saw that big greens like the Sierra Club, um, the League of Conservation Voters, had um, basically failed for the last 50 years to make meaningful change that would save my life. And um, climate defiance was this incredibly cool radical group of young folks confronting decision-makers at their events um, and telling them that our lives are on the line and we need to actually act. Yeah, so climate defiance, um, our mission is to push the Biden administration Left on climate. So, we actually need Biden to um, save us. So, uh, the Biden administration has passed a lot of fossil fuel projects, approved a lot of fossil fuel projects like the Mountain Valley Pipeline, the Willow Project, um, in violation of their campaign promise of no new drilling on um, federal lands and waters. And so a lot of the big green um, organizations like League of Conservation Voters has endorsed Biden as a climate champion a year and a half before the election last April. And we understand that in order to survive, I'm 21, in order to survive, um, we need actual action and we need to end fossil fuels. So we target Biden officials, we target national level senators, representatives, CEOs. Um, we confront them um, and we um, we, we uh, yell at them and ask them um, to actually pass um, the legislation and end fossil fuels um, to save us.
3: So, Martin, this is Glenn. I'm going to ask, I'm not going to disagree with anything you've you've said, but I'm going to just make a point in that you know, we uh, on this show, we often talk about are we a Biden with Biden or are we backsliding with Biden? And often it's, uh, you know, it's one or the other, or it's a mixed bag. Often it's a mixed bag because there's a lot of talk and there's a lot less action in our opinions. And so we're following all of this stuff pretty closely and feeling like. Yeah, this guy is better than the previous moron who was in there, who was a climate denier and wanted to destroy the entire world. But we don't feel that enough is being done because, you know, we're we're in solidarity with Extinction Rebellion that says that we're in a climate emergency, and we need to tell the truth. We need to tell the truth, and we can't be sugarcoating it for people. Because they don't want to hear the truth. And so I think, you know, what you're saying agrees with that entirely in that we really need to elevate this civil discourse to the point of well, maybe it, it can't be well, it, it can be civil, but there has to be disobedience and defiance uh as part of that civility. And I'm just I'm wondering where the philosophy of this kind of lands us. Like Dio said, we're, you know, we're old Earth Firsters. We believed in direct action. And, you know, that was kind of our Bible. You know, the field guide to monkey wrenching was my Bible for a long time. So, you know, what what can we do to encourage other people or to, you know, to wake people up and to and to get them activated. And, and involved in this kind of, uh, what you're talking about, defiance of the status quo.
0: Yeah, that's a super great question. Like, why direct action? And we understand, like, the reason why we engage in direct action, the reason why I believe um, that putting my body on the line is the only way that I might have a chance at survival is um, because... Um, I'll go back to like the League of Conservation Voters endorsing Biden uh, last April. That kind of set the bar that Biden, who was doing a little bit on climate by passing lots of kind of like renewable like subsidies and tax credits, um, but also was approving massive, humongous fossil fuel projects, um, was kind of doing enough on climate and was kind of like on track to saving us and the science is incredibly clear that um, we needed to stop building new fossil fuel infrastructure um, two years ago to um, stay under 1.5c which is the the global agreed on benchmark um, where climate catastrophe uh, will happen after Um, and so when That benchmark is set that Biden um, and his really failure on climate is being a climate champion. um, That really does not open the space to actually save us. So, the goal of climate defiance is we understand that um, the media uh, has a blackout on climate. And so, we want to basically change the cultural and political understanding of what a climate champion is. And how we do that is we kind of subvert the media's blackout of climate by. Um, by conducting these really disruptive, really incredible, really viral actions where a bunch of young people and their allies get in front of a decision maker that is um, killing them and um, make their make their voices heard and, and fight for their lives nonviolently. Um, and by doing these disruptive actions, it breaks through in the media and it spreads really, really wildly on um, social media. So for example, we've had like, 65 million organic um, views on Twitter just in like a year alone. Um, so, um, and then the second thing that these actions do is, and we really don't think that like um, these climate criminals have a conscious, and we really understand as organizers that they are, um, they are, uh, they work for money, not people. Um, and so, but it is, I think, really powerful to have 20 young people um, storm your event, put their bodies on the line. Get dragged out by, uh, uh, to get dragged out by police. Get violently arrested um, in front of you, telling you that you are killing them. I think that is personally powerful. But um, the real point of our actions is to spread a narrative, um, the tr- the truth, as you were saying, that um, Biden um, and Democrats in general are not doing enough on climate. Um, and yeah,
3: yeah. I'll just say one of my favorite books that I've read recently is a supposedly a science fiction book um, called The Ministry of the Future, or The Ministry for the Future. And I don't know if you've read that book, but I think for me, it really puts into perspective the likelihood of a, a really a grim future ahead of us if we don't take action now and I, you know i'm going to say it, every day makes a difference because we have been kicking this can down the road for 30 or 40 or 50 years and we're out of road at this point you know i think we're kicking it up against the wall and it keeps bouncing back and so how do we get people i mean that book the Ministry for the Future has a lot of scenarios in it that may seem, you know, like science fiction. But this past year, we had many of those events happening around the world. You know, massive floods, massive fires, heat waves, heat domes, and people dying. And, you know, it's, it is going to continue to—the climate is going to continue to disrupt life on this planet— and so I agree with you that we need to be disruptive as a counter effort because the climate is going to continue to be disruptive and and accelerating and you know we've talked about this on the show in the past we're living in a non-linear world now we can't base our projections going forward On our experiences in the past because we've entered into this period where it's non-linear. It's uncertainty on top of climate disruption and we can't make assumptions except that all of the science, all of the models, all of the projections are telling us that Things will be getting worse. We're entering into a more rapid period of climate disruption, and we need to be taking action, you know, years ago, but there's no time like the present.
0: Yeah, I think the really incredible thing about organizing is, like, when I was growing up, um, I was presented really with Two tools to actually make change. Like I was seeing the intense climate impacts already when I was in high school and middle school. But the only tool that I was presented with was recycling or not using like napkins or not like wiping my hands with paper towels in the bathroom. And that just felt so, so, so small and negligible. Like when I looked at hurricanes uh, causing mass devastation um and the other avenue um to change was just like not being like not kind of like exiting and and really like being um not being able to like kind of take all the news in and the beauty about organizing uh and the beauty about climate defiance is you go from uh 21-year-old like me who really doesn't understand like feels uh, powerless um to to save themselves to to save my future um and in our organization we we train folks up and then you can be in front of um, pete Buttigieg who is potentially approving three um, deep sea oil export terminals or kamala harris who's in, in, like part of the biden administration that has been approving so many fossil fuel projects or get in front of the governor who has been leading a legislate like leading um a supermajority democratic government that has uh, had the least productive legislation legislative session in decades um, and you can get in front of these decision makers and w- together with other people and that is power so i really really emphasize for folks that like individual actions. One, it's fossil fuel propaganda um, that uh, your only avenue to change is individual actions. Um, And I think it's really, really easy to get kind of obsessed and consumed by them and consumed by like using the least amount of plastic as possible, eating the least um, amount of eggs as possible. But really, like I hope that folks can but if they're able to put all that time that they're spending and in indiv- doing individual actions and feeling incredibly guilty and responsible um, for the crisis into, into taking, uh, getting organized, taking action and really making change. Uh, so like, for example, uh, like our, the, our record as a tiny, tiny group, uh, we have three full-time staffers. We've been existed for almost a year now Um Rokana just gave us um, most of the credit for the recent LNG decision um, by Biden. So canceling um, 17 proposed LNG plants on the Gulf of Mexico or pausing, um, which would have had um, the equivalent emissions to Europe, and that was a huge coalition that was a part of that. But Rokana, the the representative uh, in Congress, gave us most of the credit, which is incredible for a group that is so tiny that is a youth group. three full-time staffers we've um the second in command of the department of interior um Tommy Boudreau stepped down two weeks after we confronted him four times at climate week he is the person that signed the Willow project into existence the Willow project is this massive oil and gas oil drilling project in Alaska they literally have to refreeze the ground with these Mechanical chillers to in order to roll their incredibly heavy drilling equipment across the permafrost that is melting because of fossil fuel extraction. Um, we've had Jody Freeman, who is this um, Harvard incredibly like prestigious environmental lawyer who is greenwashing ConocoPhillips, the company that is building um, the Willow Project. Um, she was on their board greenwashing them for 13 years, and along with a coalition of Harvard students doing an amazing job getting her um, fossil foolery into the media and we targeted her twice and she stepped down um, after 13 years from ConocoPhillips. So we've really had an incredible amount of wins and momentum um, going in with an incredibly small group. Um, And so we are really, really excited for any folks out there that feel hopeless and feel like they cannot go on like recycling um anymore like we really hope um that you can join us um, and take action that
1: really really matters martin dio here that that really rocks um when you when you say phrases like they are killing us and climate criminals you're saying the things that we've been saying on this show forever um and and then you spoke about uh that laws on the LNG, all the mainstream environments are falling all over themselves to praise Biden for that. I mean, it's a good thing. Yeah, we spoke about it earlier in the show, but at the same time, it's an election year maneuver, in our opinion, or at least in my opinion, I should say, because he, you know it's just to shut us up, <laughs> try to shut us up until he gets back into office. So do you have... Um, other future actions in mind? I'm not asking you to divulge them, but presumably the work goes on.
0: Yeah, that's a super great question. Um, Yeah, so we've made it clear. um, So we shut down uh, the second in command of the Department of Energy, who is kind of the Department of Energy was the permitting body for those LNG projects in Boston um, in like October or something. Um, And we got a meeting with him at the White House. Um, We also got a meeting with John Podesta, the senior advisor um, to Biden about the IRA, who was just recently promoted to the, the U.S. climate envoy instead of John Kerry. So we've had a couple of White House meetings and we've really clearly communicated, and it's incredibly obvious, um, hopefully to the Biden team, that um, young people are abandoning Biden in droves because of uh, the genocide in Gaza and because of his failed climate promises. And so we've made it incredibly clear to him that we are not causing him to lose voters. He is causing him to lose voters. We do not have the ability to stop um, the permitting of fossil fuels. We don't have the the power or money to actually save ourselves, and he does. And if he wants young people to vote for him, and if he wants to win re-election, um, he needs to start actually acting on climate. And we have made that incredibly clear. And it's actually, we're doing him a massive favor. Uh, we are outlining a strategy, a uh, winning electoral strategy for him. Um, and so we made that incredibly clear that it is we um, that it is in his hands. He is the only one um, that has control over these massive fossil fuel projects, and he needs to prove before the election that he actually is a climate president. Um, when the youth vote back and, and to touch on other actions that we've done. So, like um, last Thursday, we were um, in Wellesley shutting down the CEO of Bank of America, who's the fourth um, largest funder of fossil fuels. I was hit by a, a cane. We were thrown to the ground by angry, rich um, Wellesleyans. Um, we, um, yeah, so we are continuing our pressure campaign against um, the Democrats and business leaders that are uh, call themselves climate leaders um so like for example mara healy who really has campaigned on being a climate leader took fossil fuel money and has not done anything since she has gone into office and is being praised as a progressive climate champion um we need to redefine what a climate champion is and we need to make it incredibly clear that doing nothing is not a climate champion because doing nothing will not save my life and millions of people and it's really important as a white person who presents masculine and uh, a lot of the folks that we throw down with are white and more privileged that we are fighting and we are putting our bodies on the line because the millions of people that will be most impacted by the climate crisis do not have the ability to. The people living in in small island countries that are rapidly going underwater do not have the ability to go into a Kamala Harris fundraiser and tell her that she is killing millions of people, um, and so it's really, really important that we use our privilege to get into these spaces and let the people, let the people in power, the decision makers, know um, that we need to be saved, and they will be shut down um, every step of the way until they save us.
3: So one of the things that you, um, your kind of mission is is about ending sacrifice zones so uh, you know i'll say <laughs> that you know from my perspective from my in my opinion you know our society especially here in in the united states we treat the entire earth as a sacrifice zone i mean we are sacrificing the planet and biodiversity and a livable world we're sacrificing that, you know, for greed and profits and to con- perpetuate an unsustainable existence based on the use of fossil energy, you know, that was buried for millions of years. And now all of a sudden we have let that genie out of the bottle. And, you know, the question is, how do we end the this treatment of a living planet as a, as an entire sacrifice zone you know what what do we need to do how, and how do we inspire people to look at things from our perspective instead of this perspective that they've been indoctrinated in you know throughout their public or whatever education. I mean, I'm sure it's worse with people who go to private schools, but we've been indoctrinated into believing that the earth is a never ending smorgasbord of commodities that we can consume forever. But the reality is that we are now consuming, you know, at least two planets worth of life in an unsustainable manner and if everyone in the US lives at a certain lifestyle if the rest of the planet wanted to live at the same lifestyle that we enjoy you're talking about privilege it would require seven planets worth of resources to do that and it would still be unsustainable because our our lifestyle here in the US is completely unsustainable because it's based entirely on fossil energy so how do we get how do we get people to wake up and change their paradigm, change their perspective and face, you know, what we call reality?
0: Yeah, I think that's a really great question. I'll kind of take a roundabout approach to this. So my mom grew up in the seventies when recycling was just being invented and she was incredibly passionate, um, environmentalist. She started the recycling program in, Hanover, New Hampshire, right? Um, And really, like, that has been the only way that we have been taught by fossil fuel propaganda that we can make change. We all feel like... Um, that our consumerism is the problem that um, by by taking a, a plastic cup at Duncan's, like we are the problem and it's really, really not individual responsibility. That is fossil fuel propaganda that is trying to um, paralyze you with guilt. And so it's really, really important to fight that narrative because it is not individuals. The only individuals that are guilty is the fossil fuel, Billionaires, the ultra wealthy, one percent, but everyone else, um, we we unfortunately um, we we are guilted into um, taking that responsibility on. Um, But it is really the so so uh, the other way I'll answer this question is that fossil fuels are really stupid. like solar, the cheapest way to produce energy is pointing a sheet of glass at the sun. Um, there, are, fossil fuels are dumb in a lot of ways. Fossil fuels are really concentrated in mainly autocracies, so like, um, Russia. But most countries don't have access to fossil fuels to to. Ep- to to supply their own energy but everyone has access to some sort of renewable either the sun shines the wind blows the waves crash you have dams and i could go on geothermal i could go on and on and on you have energy free energy in your backyard every single person on this planet does instead of relying on russia for all of our energy for example and the wind doesn't charge you anything when it blows instead of your natural gas company that charges you for every drop, or the, your your the the your when you um, fuel up your car, which charges you for every drop of gasoline. So it's incredibly um, it's an incredibly stupid proposition that we are still addicted to fossil fuels, and there is a reason for that, and that reason is money. So politicians have been really bought out by fossil fuel companies um it there's no it makes no sense to be for example exporting liquefied natural gas in an election year for example because when you export liquefied natural gas that only increases domestic prices so it's really really stupid all of the proposition is is dumb um fossil fuels really they don't make sense economically they don't make sense for the environment Um uh, they don't make sense socially because they're extremely bad for human health. So you increase the cost, uh, you you decrease like um, productivity uh, for for workers, and you increase costs of healthcare. they like, they're insanely dumb, and so there's you have to like wonder like why the hell do we still use this when um, there are so many other better alternatives in every way? Um, and that's because money has um, has because fossil fuel. Companies and billionaires um, have um, lobbied and bought out politicians to keep us addicted um, to fossil fuels. So what we need right now is we don't need you to worry about your Dunkin' cup, your Dunkin' plastic cup. We don't need you to worry about like how much meat you're eating, for example. Those are really valiant efforts, but you, even in the U.S., when consumption is much higher than other countries, account for so 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 little greenhouse gas emissions and these fossil fuel billionaires and companies account for magnitudes like unimaginable magnitudes more than you do individually so really when when you are kind of paralyzed by guilt um and shame for getting a a plastic cup from duncan's um that is not helping the climate and the thing that we can actually do to win is the thing that we understand and organizing is that they have money we have people and so the solution is to get organized so it's to join an organization if climate defiance isn't your thing totally get it there are incredible orgs all throughout massachusetts like extinct rebellion 350 massachusetts um we'd love you to join climate defiance the first step is to sign up for our email and then we'll send you a recruitment link um but it's really like the energy that you spend kind of um, controlling your consumerism is um, really, in my opinion, wasted energy when you could be um, contributing to, to, to movements. And if you can't contribute to movements, totally understandable, not all of us can. But really, for the people that can, the time is now to act because as you were saying, we have really no more time left. And these individual consumer decisions really do nothing Um, And so it's so important to get organized and you have seen the impact of a tiny little group of young people in the last less than a year, um, make serious strides on the national scale. Like, imagine what we could do if we um, all together kind of abandon these individual responsibility and guilt and organize.
1: There it is. And like we always say on this show, action is the antidote to despair. Martin. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, before you go, could you uh, tell people how they can get a hold of you and uh, climate defiance?
0: That's a really, really great question. So our social media is really exciting. Uh, we put, we do actions like almost every week targeting and shutting down CEOs, politicians. Um, you can see it, watch me get caned by an old person at the Wellesley Country Club if you go to our social media right now. So we're on, twitter's our biggest platform we're climate defiance on there and every platform you can visit our website at climatedefiance.org where you can sign up for our mailing list that's the best way to kind of get more involved with the organization you can also dm us on social media email our email at info at climatedefiance.com or martin at climatedefiance.org sorry org um, and we are really really excited to hear from you and get organized and i It is a leap it is a huge leap um, to go from kind of abandoning what you've been taught and 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 told by the fossil fuel industry your whole life abandoning recycling abandoning these um little individual consumer changes and get organized um but every organization climate defiance any other organization in massachusetts is going to um, build you up train you as an activist Give you legal training, all that kind of good stuff, and just give you all the tools that you need to really make change.
3: Excellent. So we have linked to uh, that on our blog, enviroshow.blogspot.com. And Martin, uh, you know, as we always, uh, as we always do on the show, uh, I personally and all of our listeners, I'm sure, want to thank you for your activism, and you know, especially what you've done. Uh, you know, dropping out of school to take action to to really to save your life and the life of many others, but, but also to, you know, bring, to raise this issue at this time, this critical time, because, I, you know, I'll tell you, school is always going to be there if we have a livable planet, but what's the point of getting an education when we have no future? And so I think, you know, I think I'm going to say, I feel that you made the right decision. If I was your age, I believe I would make the same decision. And uh, I want to really, again, appreciate your activism and your level of commitment right now to this cause and hope that there'll be a hundred more like you and a thousand more like you, and that this will become a mass movement that will have an impact because it's the only way that things are going to change is when people get up off the couch and get out in front and, you know, basically throw, throw their wooden shoes into the machinery of, uh, you know, of destruction. And so that, that's my editorial comment. And uh, thanks again for being on the Enviro show. Thank you so
0: much. And I think that first reach is really sometimes the hardest um it feels like you have to like go in person to an orientation or like um pick up the phone and do like a phone bank but really i think like the first step for folks is really just like follow some organizations on social media and just follow them and then maybe like that'll kind of lower the barrier and then you can see oh i kind of vibe with climate defiance or i vibe with Extinction Rebellion. And then they'll be posting on social media all of their opportunities to kind of get connected, meet the community and kind of start getting trained up. So I really think that like a lot of times like going to a meeting is like really a high barrier. But I think like the first really important step is just following folks on social media or signing up for an email list and then going from there.
1: Great. Thanks so much, Martin. Keep up the great work.
3: All right. Well, that was great. I think Martin is, uh, well, inspiring because he has, like we discussed, he has put his, his person, his being on the line for a livable planet, like a lot of other young people have been doing. And I think that should be an inspiration to hopefully a lot more people to join in solidarity work with the groups like he said that are currently around you plug in and get involved because this is going to have to it's going to be a mass movement in order to change the direction we're all currently on the titanic and we can see that iceberg straight ahead and uh, it's not going to melt enough to disappear before we hit it so we need to be changing the direction of this ship and the way to do that is really to i'm going to say <laughs> you know disrupt disrupt either the engine that's driving this ship or the pilot who's steering steering the boat toward that iceberg We need to disrupt that. We need disobedience and disruption. And that's, I think, what we need in order to survive.
1: Yeah. And speaking of disruption, on the bus stop billboard.
3: All right. (laughs) Uh, February 7th and February 21st at 6.30 p.m. Feeling starved for discourse about climate philosophy? You're in good company. Starting on... Uh, January 10th, the members of XR Boston have been leading a climate philosophy seminar every other Wednesday at the Democracy Center, 45 Mount Auburn Street in Cambridge. And you can RSVP at the calendar link on the blog and for more info. And also in order for them to know how much pizza to order, because that's part of the deal. So go to the blog, click on the link for that.
1: All right. And moving ahead to Thursday, February 22nd, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Doors open at 6 p.m. And speaking of direct action, it's the 50th anniversary celebration of Lovejoy's nuclear war. It's been 50 years of no nukes on the Montague Plains. On February 22nd, 1974, Sam Lovejoy, on a dark and frosty night, brought down the 500-foot meteorological tower erected by Northeast utilities on the Montague Plains, and ignited a national movement against the construction of nuclear reactors and the use of atomic power. So for tickets and info, go to the blog, click on the link.
3: And then Friday, February 23rd at 7 p.m., it's The Rights of Nature for the Long River, Presented by Hartman Dietz, Mashpee Wapnog, citizen, activist, and artist. Be giving a presentation about the rights of nature work and successes he has been a part of. This will be at Greenfield Community College Dining Commons, which is College Drive in Greenfield, Mass. For more info on that, go to the blog and click on the link. And here's a potential date
1: for perhaps a little action. Sunday, February 25th, 2 to 3 p.m., The Massachusetts Division of Water Supply Protection (laughs) will hold an event called Understanding Watershed Forestry Management. And this will be a hybrid event with an in-person event held at the Quabbin Reservoir Visitor Center and broadcast virtually on Zoom. Have you ever wondered why trees are harvested? on protected watershed land and why recently harvested areas look the way they do? Well, we sure have on this show. Curious how active management of a forest can increase diversity and maintain forest health? Join DCR Quabbin Ware Region Chief Forester Ken Canfield to learn about the benefits of a managed forest and the objectives and conditions that dictate when, where, and how trees are harvested. The event is free, but seating is limited and reservations are required. You definitely want to go to the blog and click on that link. No, oh, Glenn, that's about it on the bus stop billboard at the moment.
3: All right. Well, I'm going to say that the key word here is defiance. For this show. And uh resistance. Yes. And also remember. Yes. Also remember to listen to your mother. This is Theo
1: saying adios till next time.
3: And I'm Glenn Ayers. And resist much, obey little.
1: I am Mother Earth. And I approve of this message.